0: WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. If it's Monday night, it's got to be Monday Night Talk with Kevin Tachi, so thanks for having me on. Kevin, good for you to hold back and let him tell his story. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture.
1: You guys are the center of the universe today. At least the political universe. I believe both of you are, are from the area of Marshfield, guys. Yes, no. Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. That's right.
2: There's only one person not from of Marshfield in this room right now. That's you. It's me. I'm the outcast.
1: Well, you've always been generous with the time. I appreciate it very much. I'm honored to be on your show tonight, Kevin, with that impressive lineup you have. I believe our guest that we've been waiting for, Congressman Stephen Lynch. Kevin, good to join you. The governor of the Commonwealth, Charlie Baker. You ready? I got to tell you that uh, it was really nice to hear Aerosmith on the intro there. You're going to be the rock and roll governor? I don't know about that, but... <laughs> we have Mayor Joe Sullivan joining us, sir. How are you? Well, Kevin, very good to be with you again. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Mr. Ming Tsai, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Massachusetts State Auditor Suzanne Bump. Hello, Auditor. How are you? I am fine, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome and good evening. You are tuned into Monday Night Talk here on 95.9... W-A-T-D. This is your, well, depends on which hat you want to wear. Uh, If you're old school, your Columbus Day version of Monday Night Talk, or the other side of the coin, Indigenous People Day, we are here providing you content before the big political forum that we have coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Again, we do these, we're going to do these right up until... The general election. Can you believe it that the general election on November eighth, Tuesday, November eighth, is less than a month away? Do you ever just ask yourself and wonder where the heck does time go? Because it goes quick. It's fleeting. It could either be you're kind of caught in the middle of, of an event that you know you don't necessarily want to be in attendance. Sometimes time could just take forever to go by. Or you could be having the time of your life and it's over in a blink. Snap. It's done. It goes by regardless. But, uh, yeah, the election is coming up. And tonight's entree, your your political forum entree, it is the two candidates who are uh, running in the plymouth Barnstable State Senate race. Uh, that is uh, incumbent Democrat Sue Moran. And she will be uh, joined by Republican challenger Carrie McCray, uh as they both will discuss the issues. Of course, Christine James, your moderator. Uh, I'll be uh, in the mix somewhere asking questions, along with Charles Matheson and Art Edgerton of the Pembroke Town News. And I think Art will be here not only asking the questions, but I think they're also going to be doing... A live video feed for the folks uh, who want to watch it online as we radio station partners with uh, other forms of media, whether it's online publications or local public access centers to provide a the visual element to it if you will so that's coming up top of the hour seven o'clock but prior to that just a couple of moments after we check traffic josh cutler state representative serving the sixth plymouth district he will be joining me we'll catch up with him on what's going on in and around the district are things quiet during informal session are things happening we'll get the answers also how things are going with Uh, his campaign for re-election to the seat that he has uh, held for the past few years. And then, to close out the radio show, we're going to speak with Donna Curtin. Donna is the executive director of the Pilgrim Hall Museum. And she's going to talk to us about a great lecture series that is going to kick off. The lecture series actually is uh, a month-long through... October. I think the last one actually is on November 3rd. But regardless, Donna's going to give us the details of this, this fantastic lecture series. Cannot wait to hear about it. Want to give a tip of the cap to one of our primary sponsors, uh, Peter Brown, Tiny and Sons Glass, as he was kind enough to say, hey, give Donna a quick call and see what she says. So that's all coming up in a few moments.
3: I love this time of year. Rustling leaves. A crisp wind blowing. Apple picking for homemade apple pie. A sunny day in a corn maze. A bonfire on a cool night. (sighs) Cigars. And a half gallon of hot apple cider. Apple pie. We made it ourselves. This has nothing to do with Brennan's Smoke Shop. But everything to do with life. It's short. Yet so sweet. Kind of like pumpkin spice coffee. It comes and goes like autumn wind. Brennan's Smoke Shop. Plymouth, Pembroke, Brompton, Wareham, Raynham, Taunton, Stoughton, New Bedford, Weymouth, Hudson, New Hampshire. Brennan's Smoke Shop. The very best smoke shop in Massachusetts. Customers must have a valid state or federal ID to enter the store. Message me on Facebook.
0: Download previous episodes of Monday Night Talk and listen to them anywhere. Check out 959 watdcom slash Monday Night Talk. And now more Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin
1: Tachi. We are back for our first segment here on Monday Night Talk, an abbreviated version. Uh, joining us for the State House Report is none other than State Representative Josh Cutler, representing the sixth. Plymouth District Representative Thank you, Kevin, welcome Thank you. back. Good evening. Thank you. Good to be back. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this uh, this holiday, yep. with, uh, however you, however you name it. Yeah. Good, good day, uh, Columbus Day,
2: it's nice nice day holiday. off day. Got a good, good Patriots victory. You know, so it's it's all. So are you team Are you team Zappy?
3: <laughs> oh, oh,
2: don't get me into some controversy, Kevin. You know, I don't know. I don't know yet. But I'm I'm zappy about the win. You're very zappy. I'm very about zappy. It. <laughs> but it was Detroit. I mean, how zappy? I can know be? exactly. If it keeps up, then I think we can have a real discussion. But right now, just be happy with the win.
1: But is there a pending quarterback controversy?
2: I don't think. So. I don't think yet. But okay, we're
1: not we'll there yet. We'll have to see. Well, we we like to have our local legislative delegation in here in the South Shore. Great round road rotation. Uh, to discuss what's happening in their district up at the State House. And it's campaign season, so it gives you an, an added bonus to kind of talk about why folks should keep uh, you in mind on November 8th. Uh, let's start out with uh, a, a very uh, important event
2: coming up this Wednesday. Uh, you have. Uh, Bridge dedication, a couple of bridges. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, Kevin, so kind of a, a cool event um, we've been working on, and this is something that's happening uh, Wednesday, Wednesday morning at the Duxbury Senior Center. So, myself, along with uh, Representative Kathy Lenatra and Senator uh, Patrick O'Connor, had been working on it. And we filed legislation to uh, dedicate a couple of bridges in the towns of Duxbury and, and one of them uh, borders on the town of Kingston. And uh, what we wanted to do, we partnered up with the Duxbury Rural and Historical Society and we wanted to take a look and see who are some of the folks who, who may have lived in our communities you know, ha- that had notable accomplishments, achievements that maybe are a little bit less well-known or come from underrepresented populations and want to try to find a way to recognize those folks. And so the Duxbury Rural and Historical Society was, was terrific. They had their their, their crack research team uh, kind of come up with some names of folks who, who were prominent in the last couple of uh, centuries. And uh so we identified a couple and we, we filed legislation that that I drafted and, and that you know went through all the, the various steps of a bill becoming a law and they were signed into law by Governor Baker earlier uh actually in August. And so we're doing a dedication. And so there's two different bridges. Uh they're both state bridges that uh go over the uh you know the Route Three Expressway. One of them is the, the bridge um that's um, right by the well they're basically by both by the highway exits in Duxbury and then the Duxbury Kingston exit. Uh and so the first one is the Cora Cora Wilburn Bridge. And uh, that's the one spanning Congress Street uh, over Route 3. And so Cora Wilburn was a a well-known poet, essayist, and author who was recognized as one of the most prolific Jewish-American women writers of her time. And just want to briefly, Kevin, tell you a little bit about her. Um, It's kind of a cool story. She was actually born Henrietta Pulfermacher. I may have botched <laughs> her last name there. And she emigrated to the United States in 1848 after stints in France and Venezuela. She overcame a lot of challenges before launching her career. And her writing showed that she was a staunch advocate for social justice who gave a voice to the impoverished. Um, She also had an autobiographical novel which published published serially in 1860 and was the first coming-of-age novel to depict the Jewish community in the United States. She spent her later years in Duxbury and died uh, in 1906 at the age of 82. So um, she is a very well-known author, and we have an expert actually who's uh, uh, coming down from Boston to participate and help us to to dedicate the bridge who's actually researched her and has uh, a letter that she wrote when she was living in the town of Duxbury back in over 100 years ago so he's bringing that down with him and that's just kind of really cool to be able to highlight that so we're excited to to recognize the Cora Wilburn Bridge Uh, and then the second bridge is the Lewis Sisters Bridge and that will be the bridge on Tremont, Tremont Street spanning Route 3 in Duxbury in honor of Ella Lewis Woodbury, Lillian May Lewis Hayes, and Beulah Lewis Fogg, known as the Lewis Sisters. And uh, they, the Lewis Sisters established and operated a residential camp on the Duxbury Kingston town line known as Camp Twin Oaks. It was originally a residential camp for Boston's black youth offering you know fresh air and summer activities away from the city. And then uh, by the 1930s, it became a vacation destination for uh, both children and adults in the black community, attracting visitors from all around the US. So the Lewis Sisters were really pioneers And so the Lewis Sisters Bridge will be the the bridge over uh, Route 3 on Tremont Street. So really excited about these two bridge dedications, and we're having a, a ceremony at the uh, Duxbury Senior Center on Wednesday uh, at 10.30 a.m. We're going to do all the ceremony and dedications inside the Senior Center and then do the actual unveiling just because they're on you know busy streets. Uh, we're going to do all the, the, the speeches and ceremony uh, inside. So really excited about this. It's, a, it's been a team bipartisan effort and really excited to welcome some folks in and dedicate um, some individuals who really contributed a lot to Duxbury and to the greater um, Commonwealth. So,
1: and it's interesting because this isn't your first uh, set of bridge dedications. I want to say, last the, I recall was for uh, Hanson's uh,
2: great uh, great, Gret- right? Uh, Well, actually, uh, so the last one was uh, a great, also a great uh, Hanson person, uh, Gret Lazo, who was a a well-loved teacher for many, many years in the town of Hanson. Uh, Prior to that, you're absolutely right, Uh, Representative Charles Mann was one of my predecessors uh, and uh, more more recently was the the Hanson town moderator. We have a bridge uh, that was dedicated to him on the the Hanson Hanover line. And so, um, yeah, I think it's nice to be able to, you know, to be able to recognize people in in, in the past who've contributed in all variety of ways. Uh, and, And obviously, I... Since I'm here at, uh, you know, W.A.T., I have to mention Tiny Brown uh, and, uh, and the Brown family That's right. have done so much in the town of Pembroke. We have a Tiny Brown uh, Memorial Square in Pembroke as well. How important is it to make sure that we recognize
1: people's, you know, people's work, especially when it's on behalf of the community and the greater good
2: yeah, I, know, I think it makes a nice statement. And it's, it, number one, I think it's nice to recognize people's service, public service and all, whether it's in the military, whether it's teaching, whether it's in government or whether it's, you know, in in, in, in the arts. I think it's important to recognize that and, um, you know, it brings us together as a community. I, kind of think, I think it's kind of nice to, sh- to share what, what unites us rather than always focusing on sometimes what, what can be divisive. So I'm really uh, pleased that we're able to do this and, and really hope that people can stop by the, the Dexbury Senior Center on Wednesday. And, you know, I think the whole idea of this is that, you know, you're in the car with your kids maybe and you're driving along the bridge and you see the name the Cora wilburn bridge and, and and you know kids say who is Cora wilburn and well it sparks a discussion and that's the whole idea is you're sparking discussion and will light a light a flame of interest and, and and perhaps we'll have the next you know essayist or author or a social activist or whomever um in, in the future what else is going on informally is it is it somewhat kind of a, a, a dull roar right now up at the state house well so we're still you know we're still in session informally uh, we're still there still is a big economic development bill that um, that's pending. still being uh, negotiated and pending and that is something that um a lot of us have a keen interest in and have been working on um and we're still hopeful you know as as you know kevin when you're sort of trying to negotiate the compromise version it it can be um you know you can it can be challenging sometimes especially when you have a lot of different moving parts as we've seen with the new um with some of the economic uh data that we've gotten And, and and by the way on that note some good news for for taxpayers starting next month in november uh there'll be Tax, state tax refunds will be going out. Uh, Governor Baker has announced this uh, under the Chapter 62F. Um, so a portion of your whatever you paid on your 2021 20, state income tax will be refunded. Uh, the estimates are it'll be around 13% of what you paid, yes. according to what Governor Baker has released. So so that's some good news um, for folks, certainly. Just in time for you early Christmas shop. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, know it was, I
1: was out uh, over the weekend, and the stores are already gearing up for Christmas. We haven't even... Through, we had, yeah, we I, don't, I, don't love,
2: I don't love that. <laughs> no, it's not... I
1: don't know. I'd rather wait until it's... No, let's it get past sense. whatever... I mean, we haven't done Halloween, if you're somebody who celebrates yes. that, or Thanksgiving, a Veterans Day. We I
2: think we should Halloween. have a, a rule like... You can't go more than two holidays ahead. So, like, you know, Thanksgiving is okay, but you can't jump on to Christmas until the next one or, you know, whatever the next holiday may be. So. No, was, I want
1: to say three or four weeks ago, I walked into Lowe's in Pembroke. Yeah. And they already have... They already have the Christmas displays up. I'm like, yeah. what is this? What is this? This It's too early, too soon. You're fighting a losing battle, I think, Kevin. I am. I am. And Again, if you're just tuning in to uh, this week's Monday Night Talk uh, as we kick things off with State Representative Josh Cutler, representing the 6th Plymouth District, and uh, as always, we try to have our... Uh, local legislators in just to kind of keep us up to speed what's going on. It gives them an opportunity to talk about the great things they are doing, uh whether it 's up at the state house some of the the <laughs> ongoing discussions for our betterment or things that are going on in and around the district as uh, as always uh, let's talk about a couple of fun events that you actually have coming up uh next week uh pizza and politics this <laughs> yes. is like a thing huh two of my favorite things right. Yeah, so you got one Monday, next Monday, from 5 to 7, Cape Cod Cafe. No, not in Brockton, Halifax. <laughs> uh, you get a chance to do kind of a meet and greet with uh, Halifax's local legislators. Talk to me about that.
2: Yeah, so we've been we've been teaming up uh, with our, our in each of the towns I represent. Um, we recently had a, a fun a senior luncheon over in Hanson with Senator Mike Brady, and so we're doing a couple of events. We call them pizza and politics. It's kind of a very fun, light uh, opportunity for folks who uh, may want to just come in and you know bring a question. Maybe maybe they're new to town and don't know. Uh, their local legislators and maybe they want to talk about a particular issue or whatever the case may be. And so we're, we're hosting one in, in Halifax at uh, Cape Cod Pizza, which is right uh, right in the center of town there. Right right uh, across from Walmart. the Walmart. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, with uh, our, our Halifax team, which is representative Kathy Lanatra and Senator Sue Moran. So uh, we're looking for I'm sorry, Senator Mike Brady. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. And that's just a chance for people to come in. No, it's not a fundraiser. It's just a, a chance for people to come in, have a, some great pizza and to have a conversation and, and kind of get to know the local legislators, um, and we're doing the same thing in Pembroke. Yeah, uh, in
1: all fairness, <laughs> is that he was he was thinking ahead because <laughs> yes, was. this one actually has Senator Susan Moran. Yes, and uh, anybody who if folks have never been to somewhere else Tavern, what a fantastic place!
2: Yes, I've oh, been a couple of times. It's a fantastic place, and uh, Lori Cook and her team they do a great job. And, and now they they have a new restaurant in Hanson, the old hitching Post, which is uh, not a new restaurant, but a new a new a new ownership. So we're very pleased to see there. They're expanding and and, uh, and growing their their business, but uh, yeah, we're doing similar pizza and politics um, with our Pembroke delegation, which is Representative Kathy Lannotta and Senator Sumeran uh, at the Somewhere Else Tavern, uh, right there in Bryanville. I cut
1: you and I before, before you know while we we're waiting for traffic. Uh, we talked a little bit about your your newest ad. And it's kind of a theme that we've heard for the past couple of elections. But this one is kind of there's a new, there's a, a, uh, a newer nuance, if I can say that, where I think the it's trying to get the word out about you work together. It doesn't matter the party. And, and it is, though, you know, you can have your disagreements, but at the end of the day, whether you're a D or an R, you guys are working for the greater good of the South Shore.
2: Yeah, no, we, we, have a, we have a fun ad that's, that's airing on WATD now uh, with uh, Representative Lenatra and Representative Muratori, where we kind of did, you know, Three Musketeers, but, you know, working, uh, you know, different political parties coming together. And we, we have a little fun with it at the end. I don't want to tease, I don't want to give away the fun part, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We, had a, <laughs> we had a little bit of fun, you know, showing, you know, talking serious work we do, but also that we, we all get along well and want to work together and we all care about the same things, which is making the South Shore a great place to, you know, to live, work and, and raise a family. It's a fun spot. I mean, I have three favorite
1: spots on <laughs> okay. this radio station. There's the clean team, one with the dog. I think okay. I know the dog personally. Uh, there's the one uh, about the Marshall General Hill store. The, the two sisters, Nancy and Tish, are just hilarious. They're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Someday they'll
2: have a Penny Zoo. And yours, the, the ones, this is the third version of it, I believe. Right. It started out as the three C's when it was Representative Cantwell, Representative Coulter, and, and myself, Representative Cutler, which, you know, for the, in the beginning was, was a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we did a fun ad with that, the three C's, Cutler, Cantwell, and Coulter, and then we sort of argued about who should be first. and So we've kept up that tradition, Kevin. I think with this one, not to not to let the cat out of the bag, but uh, I believe
1: that uh, you make a point as to how how the order should go, <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. Folks, okay, we we'll leave it at that. Hear that. What, what are you hearing out there at this stage? We're less than I, you know, when uh, when I opened the show, I was just kind of thinking like, I can't believe it. Less than a month until the general election. I mean. What are you hearing from folks? That yeah, i to see your signs out there everywhere.
2: Yeah, it comes up quick, and you know, I was just thinking, it, 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 it's every two years, it really does come up, come up quick. But you know, it's it's. Um just it's a it 's an important time obviously we want to make sure folks are aware of all their options to to vote. The registration deadlines are coming up soon there's still time to, to register to vote still ability to do uh, an absentee vote or mail in vote we've made it you know really easy uh to to try to register to vote and to be able to exercise your right and hope folks you know regardless of your you know, your political philosophy what will we'll get out and vote It is an important election it 's a midterm election, but it's still very important we have you know, a race for governor, race for a number of our constitutional officers, um, um, you know, and, and then, of course, with the legislative races, including myself. So, you know, um, just want to encourage people to get out there. Uh, I'm honored to be on the ballot again, back running for another term. I really love my job and, and um, work hard for my constituents. And I, th- I think, you know, respectfully, I think it shows in, in the work product that I've um, been able to bring back in terms of, you know, bringing back uh, revenue for the, the district, um, bringing back local aid. Um, working to help people really that 's what this job is at the end of the day is helping people who need help when you reach out and having a you know someone there i 'm really proud of my team. We have a great team that uh, backs me up at the state house to helping our constituents and and then having a voice in terms of making a difference on policy and, and I think this term if you look at some of the things we 've done on you know workforce development, uh, trying to address uh, child care. Uh, looking at uh, you know some of the infrastructure and public um, infrastructure type of um, improvements we've made, you know we really made some some important steps, and I, you know, I'm proud of the work that I've done as um, the chairman of the Labor and Workforce Development Committee, and we've been able to do a lot of positive things, trying to help uh, both businesses, small businesses, and, and, and workers as well. And it, it certainly it certainly remains a challenge, and there's a lot more work to do, which is what really motivates me to want to continue to, to be up there representing folks on Beacon Hill. What's what's interesting and exciting at the same time is, is that come
1: November ninth, you could very well have women in po- in each of the important constitutional offices. You could have a uh, a woman governor. That's a woman governor. That's not new. Uh, but you'd have also a woman for lieutenant governor. You'd have a woman uh, auditor,
2: uh, treasurer, and attorney general. Yes, all I at did, the same time. I, I certainly, and I, and I hope, you know, I, I think um, I'm, I'm hoping that it will be more Healy. Uh, I know other folks, uh, you know, there's a couple of candidates, but I think uh, hopefully we can get to the point where, you know, gender doesn't matter. But it, it just, it's just to focus on the quality of the candidate. And I think, um, you know, Attorney General Healy is a fantastic uh, candidate, and I think she'll make a fantastic governor, and I'm proud to, to support her. As we get ready to, to wrap
1: up, again, you are tuned in to Monday Night Talk. We have state representative, Josh Cutler. Folks who are tuned in, folks who are still ill-informed Ill when it comes to
2: their district and they live in your district. Uh, how can they find out more about your campaign? Yeah, so uh, I just encourage folks to check out my website, uh, joshcutler.com. Uh, or come to one of our events, as we just talked about, our pizza and politics event. We're having uh, Not one and, but two, two in Halifax and, and uh and in Pembroke. We're doing an event in Marshfield later this week. I uh, did an event in Hanson, so uh, we're trying to get all, all, all around the district, uh, and folks can always, of course, if they need help, you know, call me at my state house office, which is uh, 617-722-2013, and uh, reach out anytime. We're glad to help, glad to serve. It's, yeah, I guess
1: the last thing I'll say is, as I saw you, I, I always see in my news feed, all, I mean, I got over 2,000 people who I'm somehow, somehow interconnected with on social media. You're uh, a popular guy, Kevin. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> uh, but I get to see your feed from time to time, and I can't believe how quickly your kids have grown.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, my son's taller than me now. I was just remarking on that. Yeah, I just had to take him to get a new sports coat because he, he grew so much. And he's, <laughs> and he's only a freshman right he's now. He's a sophomore, yeah. Oh, he's a sophomore. Yeah, he's a sophomore. Why do you think he was a freshman? Yeah. all right. see time flies.
1: Time flies. It sure does. Wow. <laughs> sophomore. Before just a couple of years, he'll be uh, doing the walk. I know. Don't, well, congratulations. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't want to make make us jointly feel any older than we need to. So Uh, thank you so much for always being available. Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, we want to thank you for tuning in. We're going to step aside just for a moment as we uh, share information from our great sponsors here on Monday Night Talk. You're tuned in to 95.9 WATD. Donna Kernan will join us in just a moment. Stay tuned.
0: It's Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tocci, on 95.9 WATD.
1: McGuigan's Pub is an upscale Irish pub with all the class of a Boston pub. The menu offers favorites like steak tips, fish and chips, meatloaf, as well as burgers, sandwiches, and pizza. The relaxed, comfortable atmosphere at McGuigan's makes it the perfect place to eat, drink, and socialize with family and friends. New hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 4 to close. Friday through Sunday, 11.30 to close. McGuigan's Pub is at 546 Washington Street in Whitman with the full menu available at McGuigan'sPub.com.
0: Hi, my name is Alex Byzantin and I'm running for Plymouth County Commissioner. I am the former chairman of the Abington Conservation Commission, former Abington Water Commissioner, and now serving in my second term as Abington Selectman. I am currently serving on the executive board of the Plymouth County Advisory Board. If you would like to learn more about my candidacy, please visit my website at alexbizanson.org or follow me on Facebook. I am Alex Bizanson for Plymouth County Commissioner, and I approve this message. Invest your time in listening to Cape Retirement Radio and learn a smarter approach to investing so you can protect your future. Cape Retirement Radio featuring Chris Latond, Thursday nights at 6.15 and Sunday mornings at 10 on 95.9 WATD.
1: Night Talk here on 95.9 W.A.T.D. As you know, we have an abbreviated radio program, but it is uh, action-packed with information. Joining us uh, is a uh, a good friend, somebody who we actually spent some time with a couple of years ago prior to COVID, as we did a segment, a radio segment at Pilgrim Hall Museum. We have Donna Curtin. Donna is the executive director of the museum, Donna. Welcome back to Monday Night Talk. Great
4: to be with you again, Kevin. What a pleasure.
1: Well, I, I thought it was first. I went through. I was talking with uh, a, a good friend of ours, Peter Brown. Peter Brown is he is uh, he is the South Shore town crier. I don't know if you can actually say that. If that makes sense. He's like the town crier per se of great events that are happening, and he's a and he is a proud member. I believe he's a board member at the museum. Am I correct?
4: Oh, well, he is the president of the Pilgrim Society and Pilgrim Hall Museum. He served in that role since uh, just after the pandemic for a couple of years now. And like you say, he's the glue that brings us all together.
1: Yes, he loves talking about events. And he wanted to see if there was a way for us to do a segment about an upcoming lecture series that is happening this month and actually taking place. The first one, I think, is this Thursday. It's coming up
4: this Thursday, October 13th, and this is our first return to in-person lectures at the museum since the big you-know-what event that we've all (laughs) lived through recently. Um, So we're very excited to be inviting people to come to the museum and hear some wonderful scholars presenting their work um, live and in person at America's oldest public museum right in downtown Plymouth.
1: How important is it to be able to get back to normal and do so with some of these, some some great folks who are going to come in and share some historical information?
4: Well, I have to say the, the excitement in the room is, I believe will be fairly palpable. I, I just think it still feels so fresh and and energizing for people to be in the same space and to engage with interesting information and have a chance to uh, chat about it in the hallway and we'll have some nice refreshments out there, people uh, can discuss and engage with one another we've, we've learned a lot from our pandemic experience and that is we also love to be able to expand the scope of our audience so we will be um i don't know what the word is taping or <laughs> recording these events and sharing them online for people who can't make the in-person event they'll have an opportunity to see it after the event
1: so so tell me a little bit about dr david london my understanding is is This particular conversation, this is evidence regarding the Coal Hill 2021 excavation.
4: Yes, our first talk this coming Thursday is with Dr. David Landon, and he's the Associate Director of the Fisk Center for Archaeological Research at the University of Massachusetts, Boston. And the UMass Boston archaeologists have been coming down to Plymouth for a number of years, almost a decade now, I believe, as part of a multi-year study that they decided to do in the lead-up to you know, our big 400th anniversary uh, uh, year. Um, they wanted to see... What evidence remains of, you know, earlier periods of occupation, especially the early colonial period in downtown I mean, after all, the downtown has been built over and paved over. What What is left under the ground? So they've done some absolutely fantastic work in these last few years. And last summer, you know, sort of the tail end of our, uh, you know, lockdown experience, they, they managed to get up there on uh, Coal Hill where... Uh, Pocono Museum owns a small lot of land that has not been built on for many years, so it's this little undisturbed corner. Um, It had had buildings on it in the 19th century and in the 18th century and apparently earlier as well. Um, And we invited them to come and do some work on that lot. It overlooks the waterfront, it overlooks Plymouth Rock, it's right uh, at the uh, crest of Bulls Hill, which we know is tremendously significant as the Burying places of some of the uh, English settlers who who died that first very hard winter in Plymouth, Uh, but of course it's also, you know, the the center of what was the village of Patuxet, you know, thriving community of Wampanoag Uh, uh, families who who lived there seasonally for many, 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 many uh, generations before the arrival of the Pilgrims. So, Dr. Land is going to be telling us what they found on Cold Hill.
1: Now, is this something that has not yet been revealed previously? Is this, or is this the first unveiling of some of the artifacts they may have found?
4: This absolutely is the first public presentation of uh, this material. And there's some very exciting finds, some of which take us back uh, to uh, uh, you know the Wampanoag um, uh, life, uh, you know, family life, really down to that level, uh, on that particular site um at least three thousand years before the arrival of europeans here so uh a lot of exciting and then every generation since this very uh, profoundly moving materials um a family memorial uh, materials from uh the ninth century occupation of this location. and uh dr lehman is going to kind of bring us through all those centuries of human experience on this spot um it's just a, a tremendous sort of vantage on the depth of history in our region from the top
1: of Hill. Wow, that's fantastic. And then the next, the following Thursday, October 20th, a discussion about Plymouth's Gilded Estates. <laughs> Let's talk about that.
0: Yes.
4: Well, you know, we like to cover the full scope of our local history. And, you know, Pilgrim Hall Museum, of course, for many years has been famous for for its uh, collections and its work in highlighting history of Mayflower Pilgrims and early Plymouth. Um, but we've, also care about and, and, uh, Support and respect programs on every generation of Plymouth after that time. So, we have a wonderful local architect, Bill Hornichari. He's very well known in Plymouth and he has been a collector of images of historic Plymouth throughout his life. He grew up in North Plymouth and, and, uh, you know, knows the community uh, intimately from a personal perspective. And he is going to be sharing some of his knowledge as an architect and as a lifelong resident of. Aspect of Plymouth history, you know, those big fancy estates that came into Plymouth in from within the 19th century, and many of them here, as as in Marshfield and many of our South Shore towns, these were the summer folk that you know that came in and they wanted to have a nice place to spend their summers uh, along the coast, and they built these pretty fancy estates. Not as fancy as places like Newport, of course. You know, there's, there's a world of difference between what we find here in the south shore but he's going to be looking in at some of the stories of these families and you know what we know about where they live because most of that architecture has vanished from our built landscape um some of it may be saved and repurposed but uh, many of the estates that he's talking about uh no longer exist so we can only access them through uh photographic images maps records documents um And he's going to try to bring us
1: in and show us the world both visually um, and descriptively. Uh, And again, if you're just tuning in, uh, we're privileged to be speaking with Donna Curtin. Donna is the executive director of the Pilgrim Hall Museum. And we're talking about their upcoming uh, series, uh, a lecture series. And uh, we're only half the way through as uh, we are now up to Thursday, October 27th. And you have an award-winning biographer, Nancy Rubin Stewart, who is going to be uh, stopping by. Uh, What is she going to be talking about?
4: Well, she's going to be talking about her latest publication, Poor Richard's Women, Deborah Reed Franklin, and Other Women Behind the Founding Father. So we all know, of course, poor Richard uh, was sort of the nom de plume of the famous benjamin franklin Mm -hmm. one of our founding fathers um and uh nancy rubin stewart's work on women's history um has been tremendously significant um she's bringing that lens to bear on looking at the women in the life of uh, benjamin franklin and understanding their roles their experiences their voices um a lot of people don't know that um benjamin franklin had a Common law wife and partner for forty years, and while he's traveling around in Europe and uh, you know meeting with rich and famous, you know his wife was uh, running things back home uh, for, for decades. She was very savvy. She was very independent, and we're going to learn more about Deborah Franklin.
1: Fantastic! Um, and then to, to wrap things up, uh, you actually have uh, one of one of your own, uh, a uh, Pilgrim Hall Museum trustee, but he's a historian. Uh, And I think he's going to be joined by his wife, Lisa. David Furlow is going to be a guest on November 3rd.
4: Absolutely. David Furlough and Spencer Pennington uh, writing a biography one of the most intriguing Mayflower pastors. This is Isaac Allerton. He was a member of the separatist community uh, of pilgrims when they were in uh, living in exile for a dozen years in, in Holland. Uh, and he, he was rather an entrepreneurial fellow. He uh, had a deep interest in trade and served as an agent of the uh, early settlement um, much to the chagrin of, of uh, Governor William Bradford who who came to suspect maybe Allerton was better at trading in his own interest than trading on, on behalf of the colony so there's a, there's a bit of controversy about Allerton um, but what David and uh, Lisa Stinken will be talking about are the connections between Allerton and the Dutch settlement of New Amsterdam and a lot of folks don't realize how interconnected the colonial world was in that early period. Uh, But Allerton was deeply, deeply involved in New Amsterdam, even had a warehouse in that early city, and we're going to learn more about what they've been finding out from some archaeology that's been conducted uh, in, in Manhattan on the Isaac Allerton warehouse site
1: you know just because you're the executive director it doesn't mean that you can't get excited or look forward to a particular one of these uh lectures is it one that is your your favorite that you're looking forward to
4: Well, you know, what I really love about this series is it's a bit of a smorgasbord. We have a little bit of everything here. We have archaeology, we have architecture, we have women's history, we have Mayflower Pilgrim history, Um, we have uh, indigenous woman history through some of the archaeological work that that we're talking about. So I think it's a little bit for for everybody, and um, it's open to the public. Now, we do have limited seating, so Kevin. So we open the doors at 6.30 p.m., and uh, the program will take place between 7 at 8 p.m. each of these Thursday evenings. But we do encourage if you would like to join us in person, it's first come, first seated. So be there when the doors open at 6.30 and we will accommodate as many folks as we
1: can. Are you doing any RSVPing? Are you asking folks to reserve in advance or just first come, first serve strictly?
4: You know we decided we're just since since it's been so long since we've been in person we're just going to throw open the doors and see what happens so uh you know maybe in the future we'll go back to a reservation system but uh we're encouraging people to come out and uh hoping to see uh folks from our social community to hear some wonderful history at pilgrim museum on these thursday
1: evenings and if anybody is just tuning tuning in late uh, just so you know, you missed any of the, the conversation or any of the, uh, any of the descriptions of these uh, particular le- lectures. Uh, you can always go to pilgrimhall.org, uh, or you can call for more information, 508-746-1620. Or, at the very least, if needed, you can contact Donna, curtain at pilgrimhall.org. Is that correct, Donna? That is
4: correct. And I'd like to give a shout-out to the sponsor for our series, that's Brabo Benefits, and we're really uh, delighted that they were able to help us bring back in-person programs. How,
1: how, how important, Donna, are series like this? How important is the museum's mission statement to always be at least sharing, uh, you know, America's hometown history?
4: I think it's absolutely essential to everything that we do. Um, And, you know, I think there's a deep level of interest for folks that live in our historic region about, you know, what our history is. And there's so many different stories to to be told in our region. And our role is to uh, be connecting with our communities uh, about as many of these histories as as we have information to share. And I think these lectures are important because sometimes they're on the cutting edge of uh, you know new research and new information that's coming out and it's exciting for people to know what's going on
1: in these circles indeed as we just got a couple of a uh, couple of minutes left uh, is there anything donna As again we thank you for giving us an update regarding this fantastic lecture series that kicks off this thursday at pilgrim hall museum anything else that you want to make sure you touch base on or at least uh, inform the folks about who are tuned in
4: Yes, well, we do have another wonderful uh, public event. We're um, presenting as part of the Plymouth Historical Alliance. This is a group of local historical organizations that have come together, and we're doing a uh, series of meetings of primary source accounts. These are uh, documents that were written by people uh, who lived here in the area um, or visited and wrote directly about it in their own time. It's called In Their Own Words. It's Friday, October 21st. Again, it's 7 to 8 p.m., the program, the doors open at 6.30, and we're excited to be collaborating with so many other wonderful historical
1: events. And they would be able to find this information also on the website? Is that accurate or no?
4: Pilgrimhall.org, absolutely. It's all posted uh, on the website, and folks are um, very welcome to reach out, 508-746-1620, uh, or Donna Curtin at pilgrimhall.org for more info.
1: John I want to thank you again for for joining us there there is already a conversation with uh, with Peter Brown about us uh, this radio program coming back down let's not forget the last time this radio show was there you had a very special uh, um, exhibit that was up in regards to uh, the women the women of, of Plymouth you know the from the landing of the Mayflower right through modern day and uh I, we were privileged to actually be honored with an award because there was so much great information and there was so many great guests that were part of that show that we did so we're looking forward we're we're teasing that possibly the beginning of the new year might be an option what do you think
4: i think that is a fantastic idea uh i am ready to roll out the red carpet for, for uh, you,
1: Kevin, and WATD to do another stellar program. Absolutely. There she is, Donna Curtin, the Executive Director of the Pilgrim Hall Museum in downtown Plymouth. She has been our guest, and uh, we want to thank uh, her for sharing some information about these phenomenal lecture series. If you're somebody who loves history, and as she said, a smorgasbord of of information that is going to be shared. Be sure, if you need to find out more, to check out the their their website for more information, pilgrimhall.org. Time for us to step aside from the radio program. As you were warned, it is going to be an it's an abbreviated radio program, but for good reason, as we are at the top of the hour, going to be providing you with a political forum. This is for the plymouth barnstable State Senate race. Uh, Your incumbent Democrat Sue Moran and Republican challenger Carrie McCray. They're both running for the general election in November. Your moderator Christine James. And uh, I'll be sitting in along with Charles Matheson and... Art Edgerton of Pembroke Town News as we put the questions to the candidates to get their take on where they stand on the issues. Now, again, if you've missed any episode of Monday Night Talk, the podcast site is up today. We thank the 40,000 plus folks who have downloaded podcasts or tuned into the radio show over the years. And hopefully you will continue to listen in your free time. Until next week at 6.15 p.m., have yourself i right now.